Parashas Truma talks about the building of the Aaron, which of course had the Kruvim that came out of the top. Uh, one was, two children, but one was uh, male, one was female. One represented HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that was the male. The other represented Klal Yisrael, that was the female. We, uh, you know, accept from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who's Meshpia, upon us. And the Pasuk in our parasha says, Pneim Ishtal Achiv, the two Kruvim, they faced each other. Now, in the second, in the second, in the first place of Mikdash, I'm sorry, Shlomo Melech built a uh, kruvim as well. He made them, he designed them slightly differently than Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu's kruvim came out of the of the kaperis. They came out of the cover of the aron. It was actually one big thing. They weren't welded on, so they were carved out of the out of one big hunk and made into a cover for the aron. Plus, they had the kruvim coming out facing each other. But Shlomo Melech made them differently. He made them as stand, freestanding statues. So you had. There were ten ams tall, they were huge, to colossal, and they were on two sides of the Aran, and they, uh, their wings spread out, touched each other just as the ones on the Aran, but they were freestanding, they weren't attached to the Aran. So it was the Kruvim in the first place of Mikdash. The Gemara comments in Baba Basra that the language is different, that over here by the Aran that Moshe Ben made, it says that the Kruvim were Pnei they faced each other, whereas the ones that Shlem Amalch made, it says that Pnei Mabayis, they faced the wall. They faced the, the wall of the base of Mikdash. They didn't face each other. So the Gemara says, why would he do it differently? I mean, why wouldn't he design them the same way that Moshe Rabbeinu designed them? So the Gemara answers, and this is according to the way Nerashbam understands the Gemara's answer, is that no, they were designed the same way. We're talking about different periods of time. In the time period that Moshe Rabbeinu built the our, the Aaron and the Kruvim was when the Klai Yisrael were doing the Ratzon HaMakim. They were serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu was happy with them. So they faced each other like two people who are friendly talking to each other. Whereas Pneim El refers to a time period when Klai Yisrael was not doing Ratzon HaMakim. They were not serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu as they should. So then the Kruvim don't face each other. And uh, the Rajbam says... They face away. They would turn away miraculously from each other and face the house. So this actually is a very physical representation of the, con- uh, the concept of Hester Panim. Hester Panim is when a Kaddish Baruch Hu, so to speak, hides his face from, from us. And that was the situation that prevailed during Gaul's always, I mean, during Gaul's now, but certainly during Gaul's Bavel, when the whole nace of Purim took place. And the nace of Purim overcame that Hester Panim. So the nace of Purim, what it effectively did was it took the Kruvim who were facing away from each other and it caused them to face each other once again, which was then represented by the fact that Klai Yisrael was given permission to build the second base of Mikdash. That's what happened as a result of the story of Purim. So the Hester Panim was overcome. So I was thinking about this. Uh, just think about it in terms of us. Uh, what does it mean when to- two people don't speak to each other? Because that's what these Kruvim were demonstrating. When Klai Yisrael and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, they were not doing Ritzayin Shalmachim, they weren't serving Hashem, so they faced away because they didn't want to talk to each other. Right? That's, that's what that is. What does that mean when friends don't talk to each other? So there is, obviously, at times, it's a level of immaturity, right? And uh, it's, uh, it's just people being vindictive and they want to lash out or they want to... They want to punish the other person by not talking. We're not talking about that. There's two other times that two people don't talk to each other. One, people don't talk to each other simply because of lack of interest. They uh, are not pursuing the friendship. It doesn't mean that much to them. Not high on their priority list, so everything else takes precedence, and they just don't find time to talk and talk to them. So it's not something personal. <laughs> it's not deliberate. It's just lack of It's apathy. It's lack of interest. Other times, it's much more deliberate, and... Two people got into a fight that may be very close and very friendly, 
But they got into a fight and they don't really see how to make up. They don't see how to apologize or more typically or realistically, each one is waiting for the other one to take the first step and apologize for the slight or insult that took place. So each one is waiting. And in the interim, they can't talk to each other. Why can't they talk to each other? Because they can't make believe that nothing happened. And they can't be dishonest and make just talk as if there's no issue. They have this huge issue that's in between them that hasn't been resolved. So how are they supposed to talk? It would make them feel dishonest and fake, and they're just not interested. They don't have that kind of relationship where they can just be dishonest and fake with each other as if they're looking at each other. So while this massive issue is in the air, if it hasn't been resolved or they haven't taken care of it, they just simply can't talk to each other. And that is the representation of the Kruvim not facing each other. There's this big issue in between Klai Yisrael and the Kaddish Baruch Hu. And each one is waiting for the other one to take the first step, so to speak. Kaddish Baruch Hu sent Klai Yisrael into Galus, so they felt extremely um, driven away, right? Been very literal, uh, thrown out, cast away. And Kaddish Baruch Hu says to Klai Yisrael, well, you're the ones that did the Avera and forced this upon yourselves. You need to do tshuva. And this is Psukim in, in Tanakh, where Klai Yisrael says, Hashivena Hashem Alech Shuva, you turn to us. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Klai Yisrael that you have to do tshuva first. So the, this, this back and forth of the Kruvim was exactly what was happening between Klai Yisrael and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Each one was waiting for the other one to take the first step to be able to turn around. And the truth is, is that sometimes this goes on for a long time and two friends haven't been talking and they really would just love it to just get back to the way it was. And they wish they could just turn around and start talking as if nothing ever happened. But that, that doesn't work that way because once you've turned away and you've caused that separation, you need to overcome it. You can't just turn around and make believe nothing ever happened. You need to have... Uh, make up, you need to make up, and to resume conversation, you need to make up, and that takes a lot of effort. It's a strong effort, it takes a lot of humility, it takes understanding, it takes forgiveness, it takes maturity, and it takes honesty, and it's not going to happen otherwise. And what's requ- that's what's required to change the facing to wall back to facing each other. And, and no one is ready to make that effort because nobody wants to be vulnerable and start you know, pouring your heart out, and the heart out in that way if you don't know that the other person is ready to accept. You don't want to do all that and then be rejected by the other person. So this could be the vicious cycle where they're both doing that to each other and everybody just stays facing the wall because nobody's ready, nobody knows that the other one is ready. So the key piece here, and this is what's signified by the Kruvim, is that they may face the wall, but their wings always touched. So their hands were always stretched out to each other. And that's what Chazal say, that um, there was this, uh, this um, like face-off between Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi and one of the advisors to the king in Athens, and uh, he tried to demonstrate to, to uh, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent you into Golis and he cast you away, he abandoned you. And Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi demonstrated, his hand is still outstretched. And that is the key in the relationship between HaKadosh Baruch and Klai Yisrael. The hands are always outstretched, which means that when you stick out your hand, you're waiting for the other person to reciprocate and put out their hand so that you can shake it. So there's never a point when, even when Klai Yisrael and HaKadosh Baruch are facing away, the hands are always outstretched. There's never a point where the other person is not ready 
to make up. So there's never an excuse that one could say, oh, I don't want to do it because I don't know if the other person is ready. That's never the situation between Klai Yisrael and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They're always, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is always ready for Klai Yisrael to turn back and resume the conversation. And as long as we're, they were prepared to have that honest that humil- humility, that seeking forgiveness, that vulnerability to present ourselves to Kaddish Baruch Hu in that way, that will cause them to turn back to each other. But that was a big process of discovery that Klai Yisrael needed to figure out during Golis Babel because they didn't know that, and they weren't sure of that, and they weren't convinced of that. And the nace of Purim, the whole nace, was to simply demonstrate that, just to demonstrate that the hand is there. The Kruvim or Parsim Knefaim, the hands never left. They always, the hands are always holding hands, even when they're turned away from each other. And when Kali Yisrael saw that, so that's what gave them the confidence to turn back and to start the conversation. And once the conversation began, then they turned back to each other. And so that began the process of building the second base of Mikdash. And uh, it's, it's a true lesson for, for us when we do find ourselves in these situations and you, we have between, you know, friends and family at times, that there's periods of silence, right, where even maybe it's not quite as uh, as radical as uh, no talking at all, but the, 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 the talking has been highly diminished, and it's just not the same way it was, and really we know that each one, each side is waiting for the other to reach out and to be vulnerable and to, to present and to, to apologize, and generally what's holding us back often even if we can have enough time to get past whatever misgivings we have, we just aren't convinced that the other person is ready. We aren't convinced that the other person is, is willing. And that's what we need to look for. If we want to be able to, to make that move, we need to see the ayyad in the tuya. We need to see the outstretched hand, the fact that the faces might be turned away, but the hand is still there. We're still waiting for something to be able to, to show us that we're ready to both turn back. And that's, that's what we need to look for when we want to be able to, to, to turn back. We need to look for that sign, the same sign that Akash Baruch sent to Kali Yisrael in the story of Esther and Mordechai. That's the sign we need to look for if we want to be able to reestablish relationships with, uh, with our friends and our family when, when things have grown distant. Have a, uh, a good night and a good Shabbos.